Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Millennial Love. More than one in three women in the United States have experienced physical violence and or stalking in their lifetime. And in Texas alone, over 150 women were killed by a male intimate partner in 2015. Knowing the facts about domestic violence is the first step in supporting victims in their safety planning and holding offenders accountable. If you or anyone you know is experiencing domestic violence, please call the Family Violence Prevention Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. No one should have to endure domestic violence. This is Mish. This is Cardi. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Justin. And thank you so much for supporting Millennial Love. We really, really appreciate you guys. But as you know, this is a self-funded podcast. So you know what that means. We need your coins. So check out the link in our bio of our Instagram page and on our website for the Kickstarter link. Our time is limited. We only have three months to reach our goal. So with each donation, we'll be sure to send you a token of our appreciation. Thanks so much. Thank y'all. We love y'all. Thanks. Hey, y'all. This is Mish. Welcome to episode nine of Millennial Love, where we discuss sex, love, and how we are selfish, selfish as, as fuck. fuck. Trash. Ah. <laughs> 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 what up? What up? What up? Niggas be so, clearly off keto. Oh, you, Martin, or not? <laughs> nah, y'all, that's listen, my favorite show. Listen, I was not off key. I said, niggas, I was. I was off key. I was off key. I'd be I was, on my own key. I was totally in like key of E, not natural or flat. It was just off. Key of All off. Right, I got the keys, the keys, the keys. <laughs> trash. You see? Carl, you in a good mood. How was your week? <laughs> my week was trash. <laughs> No, my week has actually been pretty good. Like, y'all, it's the first day of spring this past week. Like, oh, that was so much fun. So much fun. fun. It has been, the weather has been amazing in Dallas. It's been getting dark at like 8 p.m. And I have been leaving work early just so I can enjoy them last two hours of sunlight before I have to go night-night. Look at you Correct. running away from the white man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running away the from Susan the man. And, and the Connors. The, the Connors. Susan and the, the Connors. <laughs> but no, I have had a pretty good week. Plus, you know, I'm going to New York. So I'm like, I have a short week. And so I'm about to turn up. <laughs> oh, fun. New York. Is the weather going to be really cold? It's about to be trash. But it was supposed to be raining. And so now it's not raining. But it's going to be like 40 degrees. So okay. not horrible, but it could be worse. Can like, you bring me back a magnet? I guess. Shot glass. <laughs> She's going to be like, can you cash uh, cash at me $3? <laughs> <laughs> right. Immediately, I'm going to send you a picture of it. Cash me out on the cash app. <laughs> no, literally cash me out. <laughs> literally cash me out. <laughs> Speaking of cash app, y'all, I was literally at party after party this weekend. And What's that? 
Like I went from party to party. Oh. Like when you thought it was a store, <laughs> it's this new store called Party at the Party. <laughs> I thought it was a store, and they be having after party parties. Like what? March what? is full of like a whole bunch of people's birthdays. So I went to a birthday party on Friday, a birthday party on Saturday, and somebody literally had to like cash at me their way for me to pay. For them to get into the spot on Saturday. Isn't it oh, great? for the club. Because you can instantly get it. Correct. Cash App is everything. Listen, we need to get a sponsorship from Cash App. Oh, that would Say, be dope. Cash yeah. me at a, on our email, email address. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> at millennialovelov3. Correct. At gmail.com. So I'm tired because I've been partying. Well, you don't look tired. Th- thank you, <laughs> Justin. No, you don't look tired, but you look dead. What about you, Justin? Justin? Listen, my week was pretty dead, but <laughs> I did check out Audible, y'all. Like, I really wanted to check out Audible for the first time because I haven't okay. really used it before. So I've been catching up on one of my favorite old school books, and it's Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. That's a great book, it's especially bomb. for Black History Month. It's really bomb. But Audible is great because, like, obviously, you know, I'm in the car all the time going mm-hmm. to these different doctor's offices. So it's kind of started easier for me. But obviously, Millennial Love has partnered up with Audible. So for our listeners, if you go to www.audibletrial.com, dot com slash millennial love you can get your 30 day free trial plus a free audiobook which it's free, is it's free it's, it's a, a book, book. <laughs> I need to say that nah but audio, audio audible has been dope so y'all please yeah. check it out it's definitely enlightening Come and on. very convenient. You feel me? Come on through. Absolutely. It's a book. Come on through with your educational uh, <laughs> week. Okay. I see you showed it. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. <laughs> if you want to be Stop. somebody, why well, I want to see, no. want to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to feel it. You better it. <laughs> wake up and pay. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> no but if you really think about it like i would love for all those old nuns to be alive but they're they're dead really i I mean besides we're talking about from the movie yeah Yeah, i looked it up even a young one no the young one's still alive don't stop beautiful yeah she is beautiful please don't stop <laughs> Why are you stopping? Please don't stop. So no, when Lauren was in that church, yes. why did she stop? It was just so pointless. Because she was so like, I don't know. Her she mama was didn't resentful. want her to sing. Yeah, she was de- definitely resentful. But I mean, the nun didn't do it. Like the nun was just trying to hear that good, them good runs. That but Lauren she was Hill projecting got. all of what was going on from her home, at home okay. at school. So yeah. which is all that's right. when normally kids act out, anyways. That's true. Absolutely. So. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Justin, what is this face about? <laughs> if only the listeners could see Justin's face. Because I was written, like, he was trying to signal to me and I was so confused. My so, bad, I was just trying to figure out when we were moving on. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I have a little question for y'all or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all definitely be coming for me. But no, I'll be like, no, you be throwing shade on? with your face. I was faces. looking at the computer and then I turned around to your but, face. But they can't see my face though. You Correct. Know? Well, so, we okay. gotta get some selfies. We need to. We need to be video recording this because be I dope. really want Listen, people to see your shade. I think Sirius XM or some of Dish Nation they be recording live. So hit us up. D- Correct. 
Kara. So Kara. yeah, continue. Anyway, <laughs> I have a little question for y'all or whatever. So I have been doing some soul searching, not really, but um, I have been on my whole philanthropic tip, and I've been just thinking about what my Mother passions Teresa. are. You know, Saint, Saint I've been Teresa. thinking about what what my passions are because I hate my job. So. <laughs> I asked my friends actually recently if money wasn't an issue and you had all the money in the world, what job would you do for free? And if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do for leisure? Hmm. You're smiling, um, Justin. So what's well, I can't really J-Bobby like pinpoint J Bobby, Justin Bobby, <laughs> 84. You feel me? Catch me. Anyways, listen, <laughs> I, I, I can't really think of exactly what it may be. What it what it is, but I do know that I enjoy making people feel good. So rather that may be like presenting them with like the thing that they really need the most and bouncing out or party planning. You mean like Oprah? Like give it like yeah, you like, get a car, you get yeah, a car. Like if you need your college tuition paid, like I'm coming through. Like I don't want a relationship. I just want to come in and you know, give bless you whatever you. you need. Yeah, bless you, whatever, with, with whatever. Um, or just support you emotionally, because I know a lot of people don't have that emotional support. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I can't really pinpoint exactly what it is. I mean, it could be a multitude of things, but I haven't really placed that yet, because I'm still trying to find myself at the age of 32. Okay. <laughs> but God honesty, is dealing with me. Honesty is key. So if, you, if money wasn't an option, what would you do for leisure? What wouldn't I do for leisure? That's the <laughs> question. A, yeah, you that's know? a good question. Percocet. Um, Molly Percocet. <laughs> right. Would you do that? I mean, I would, one. of course, I would have like the latest fashion. Not the latest fashion, but the fashions of my choice. I would definitely travel the world. I would, um, I would, I would definitely build um, like not the boys and girls club, but something similar to that, like for kids, like youth centers all around the world that, Mm -hmm. but state of the art youth centers where it's like actual learning tools, uh, that will be provided there as well as like fun for kids. Cause I don't really have any outlets besides hanging around with my grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I would probably definitely do that. And I mean, travel the world, but I mean, I'm probably, I'm kind of blessed to say that I am able to travel a little bit. So I guess that's a little, that's nice. That is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? it is. It that is. is nice. All right, enough about me. Shit. Well, when you said I like to make people feel good, all I thought about was that movie with Holly Berry. And, Just something uh, to make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> On my screen. What movie? What is it called with her and um, Angelina Jolie? Monsters oh. Ball? Yeah, is I haven't it? watched that movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you haven't? You've never. No. You know, you've never seen a lot of, we're not going to get into this, but you've never seen a lot of like. I think I was in movies. college when it came out, though. So was I. But I still didn't go to the movies because I was broke. Um. I just really didn't. <laughs> I just really didn't. Okay. And then after the reviews, I was like, well, I don't think I want to watch it. It was, it was just, trash. Yeah, it was. I don't think it was trash. I just think it was serious. It was like precious. You only need to watch it one time. That wasn't a movie that she needed to win. When an, yeah, that's why I didn't watch it. Yeah. I don't okay. I don't I disagree with y'all. So I'm we can we can move on. We can move on. <laughs> we can get into that another time. Another just, time. I just feel like they always give us, you know, those awards for playing the help or the bad guy or the, the mother bag, the that's cricket a cop neglect for like Denzel Washington. Abusive person. The but, I mean it is what it is. Yeah. So anyways, um Michelle. I would <laughs> 
continue to do the same job that I do now. I love kids. Like, I don't think y'all understand how much um, I really enjoy, you know, like walking through hallways and hearing Miss Haley, Miss Haley. And like a, a child who's probably going through, you know, more than I am yeah. running up to me and giving me a hug. Like it just it brightens up my day. Um, I love to see children smile. I love to have um, interactions with them where, you know, they may be having some, you know, behaviors that the teachers or whoever doesn't necessarily like mm-hmm. and see a difference in their behavior after working with me. So I would still do my same job. Like, I I love it. Um, I love working with kids. But um, just as long as you have a penthouse in the middle of like Dallas, Texas, right? <laughs> you need everything. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if I did have the money, right. I would definitely have a, a penthouse. But I would buy my mama a house. Okay. That'd be the first thing. Um, I'm a dad. I'm gonna buy my daddy a car. A core. A core. <laughs> um, or a car, like they say in Chicago. I can't. Um, Pock the car. But yeah, so if I if money wasn't an option and I could just do whatever, it would definitely be to set my family up um, for life. And then I would travel the world, see different things, experience different things. And um, like Justin, I would build a center for children um, here in the U.S. We have a studio. We have a playground. Like we had so much that they could do activities yeah. to get away from life pressures that they deal with at home. Yeah. And yeah. now that I think about it, like as a kid, I think I was talented and gifted in like so many different areas until like I was forced to just focus on one, one thing, thing. You know? Yeah. That's true. Cause like I think in middle school, like I built websites while I was there. I was like Are you serious? Yeah. I was on like the newspaper the newsletter staff. And then all that shit just went away. Because <laughs> somebody told you you had to decide like, had to what you want to like, do. Science, yeah. yeah. And I mean, but whatever. I would definitely provide that for them. So I'm with you on that show. Yeah. What would you do, Cara D? This is Cara D. Well, it definitely wouldn't be what I'm doing now. So <laughs> I, I am, um, I am jealous of people that can actually say that they're doing their job. That's part of their passion. So I would. Um, be a housewife, I think. Which Would is, you really clean which up? Which is crazy to say. No, that that's not what. That's I'm, part of the job. Right? No, we're gonna have to have a nanny. <laughs> I mean, we go. We we gonna have to have a house lady, house cleaning lady. Um, no, I would like to stay at home with my kids and I would do like uh, community work on the side. So I would do work with battered women and domestic violence victims and young women with self-esteem issues and um, childhood demons like I grew up with. But yeah. I definitely would help young women. I would probably also like do something with social media because I love social media like if i could post <laughs> on instagram like 50 times a day and people wouldn't look at me crazy i would totally do it we'll do it no Shit. because then i'm gonna get two likes per pic and then i'm gonna have an attitude so no that's oh, out oh, God. <laughs> that's out like sometimes i've deleted photos that don't have enough likes really yes i really have oh wow yeah what is no it shade. about <laughs> you really was like oh wow yeah i mean fuck them likes man i like likes Oh, well. Likes are kind of like crack, though. But that's it, another it, story. It, yeah, it well. is. That's another yeah, episode. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> but yeah, but it, no. Oh, what were you about to say? No, I'm saying it feels really good when you get a buku likes, though. It feels hella good. <laughs> it feels stupid good. That is the problem with y'all in this social media. It's like euphoric <laughs> almost. Yeah, the uh, validation from other people for sure. 
And then <laughs> in I'm my work in spare time, work Jesus in ain't done with me yet. Right. In my spare time, I would probably, I would definitely travel and I would learn multiple languages. Like I met a guy today that knew five languages and I thought wow. that was so freaking awesome just to like have the time yeah. and he probably learned them as a child which is the, right. the perfect time to do it because your mind is so moldable but i would like learn spanish first because we are in texas <laughs> and then which i actually might still do anyway yeah. in my spare time but also like french he knew like um portuguese french german um, I think he knew Swahili, like crazy. Like I would love to learn multiple languages. I think it's just so like, and then I could go to these different countries and speak to these people in their yeah. own language. That's awesome. Yeah. So you would work mostly with like adults. What? With, on your spare time, like with battered women and adults. Oh well, that's that them. would be my job. So like with yeah, with battered okay. women or, or younger and young young girls, like with self esteem issues. Because I mean, if if I would have had, because I was the oldest child, so I didn't have anybody. <laughs> As an adult. Yeah, like I didn't have a role model or okay. somebody to just like be real with me about stuff or to like I could go to to be like my grandmother is like acting the fool today. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody to like be my outlet. So I would like to create a program and I'm actually trying to do that with these girls and lawyers to create a program where women, um, young women have that outlet, you know, and, and have some sort of role model that isn't just like not that, you know, plant workers or people that do like really um blue collar blue jobs collar. aren't important but like to know that there are other like I didn't know any black female lawyers when I was growing up mm -hmm. and so I wanted to be it because someone told me I could not because I really knew what that meant and so I think it's important for young girls to have those you know people as examples so I think it's important for Definitely young girls, and I commend you for wanting to do that. I think it's important for all people to have those role models. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. That yeah. was the main reason why I went into mental health. I feel like <clears throat> there are people in my life that had they had um, role models and an outlet, maybe they would not have taken some of the routes they took yeah, in their lives sure. and made some of the decisions they made. Yeah. Um. And, you know, our community doesn't really like to deal with our mental health issues. So right. those things, you know, last week we talked about childhood demons. So those things that we go through as children, they don't necessarily want to address as adults. Right. But if you're a child and you learn to express yourself, you have an outlet, then you are able to grow through those things right. naturally versus, yeah. you know, becoming an adult and then having to figure things out. Yeah, and I have a friend right now who's a psychologist, VT, and she does, she specializes in play therapy, which is, you know, when you when you have children express themselves um, in therapy through with playing toys. with toys. And, right. and, like, the things that she tells me about these children and, like, how they actually, like, talk to her about things through the way that they play is absolutely incredible. And if we, as a community of black people, like, took those steps early on then a lot of us adults that are out here like making bad decisions <laughs> and trying like, to find the way yeah right. and that are like yeah. meandering through life aimlessly like we would have a better chance at like reaching our full potential earlier if we just knew like it, it's it's not just about like 
acknowledgement of an issue, but it's also about like working to fix it. Absolutely. And we haven't even gotten to the acknowledgement phase. I mean, I think millennials have, and we'll talk about that later on, but like our parents and our parents' parents, like they're not even at the acknowledgement phase. It's like if we have a crazy uncle, like they oh, just gosh. be like, oh man, he's just crazy. They, nobody <laughs> tries to get him help. Yeah. You know, nobody tries Until to assist with that. Until he become psychotic and, and, hurt and then somebody. at that point you have no choice but to just put them on medication exactly yeah. yeah so that is definitely what we're talking about tonight so wow float on a track like, like a, a segue, segue. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my line yeah i like it um float on a track like a segue so yeah that goes into definitely mental health awareness and being um Aware of what's going in your life, what has gone on in your life, and what you're doing to grow through those things. Um, have you all experienced being in a relationship with anybody that has had a mental health issue and it was unaddressed while y'all were together? Like, they didn't realize that they had issues that needed to be dealt with. Um, I've definitely been in a relationship where um, someone had mental, I guess, illnesses. Um, but at that time, like, I didn't identify um, them as mental illnesses. Um, but now thinking in retrospect, it was. And it was just everything dealing with, like, the idea of accusing me for doing wrong or trying to keep me away from friends because of their own insecurities, for whatever that may be. Um but, like, at that particular time, like, I could not figure out what it is or what it was. I just knew that I was uncomfortable um, and that um, I knew that I didn't want to be placed into this, like, you know, I guess this, I guess the situation. Um, but, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I Like, I, I can't really, I don't even really know what I did to work through it. I think it was just a matter of, like, enduring it, enduring mm. that that whole behavior um, rather maybe like just blowing up my phone or just like if I'm out with mm. friends, oh, like, you know, I'm, you're accusing me for doing X, Y, Z because of your own insecurities. And I'm like, uh, well, why are you doing all this? Like, I really don't know where all this is coming from because prior to that behavior, nothing like I didn't do anything to like warrant this type of behavior. Right. Right. So I think like as the relationship grew and we became closer, I think it was a level of uh, dependency. Mm. Um um that they required and unfortunately at that particular time i mean i'm in college like i don't i mean yeah. you know i need uh you know like can we go to the movies and just have fun right you know but that that strong level of dependency was like just too much for me and i'm pretty sure that um you know they had like deeper issues but i think i left way before you know things got you know far in the deep end mm -hmm. for me to have to address it it was just a complete turn off so did they ever identify what the issues were or was did you already leave the relationship um, prior to them figuring things out? I don't think they had any idea of what was going on with them. I think uh, that type of behavior, they so were... So it was a lot of blaming? It was a lot of blaming, yeah. It was mm -hmm. definitely a lot of blaming. Um, and unfortunately, like, you know, I just didn't receive that well because I'm not going to, like... I'm not going to receive anything that I feel that I haven't done anything wrong, which is I think is a, a is a good thing. Um, but at the same time, um, like 
now thinking in retrospect, I did blame myself, but I just couldn't pinpoint exactly like why I was blaming myself for it. You know, how did that make you feel being in a relationship with somebody that had those insecurities, blaming you for things you weren't doing, like making you feel bad for being out with your friends, just wanting to have a good time? It was exhausting. Like it was just like really exhausting. Like it was I felt like I could never do anything for them to like think otherwise um and at that particular time I didn't necessarily like deal well with confrontation so I'd be like okay like you know you tripping like you know you're yeah. fine and I would just come home because it would be like that easy for me to like I would I would probably come home rather than arguing wow. and then once like that became like too repetitive I'm like okay I need just need to get out of the situation like deuces you right. know so it was easy for you to get out yeah I mean, okay. I, I, I forced myself out, like, and it could have been through my, me sabotaging the relationship <laughs> or what I just didn't know at that time. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that was probably the, the only thing that I can think of, like, some of the things that I've dealt with within uh, the, my previous relationships. Well, that's really intense, though. I mean, someone in their own insecurities, um, one, there's an underlying issue, the reason why you're insecure, because if you haven't given someone the reason to not trust you, Mm -hmm. then that means that they're dealing with their own past experiences or issues, whatever, Mm -hmm. and they're projecting those things out on you. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to be the person on the receiving end of that because it's like, well, what do I do? Like, How do I show you that, you know, I care about you or that you can trust me or whatever? And it's, you know, that's a lot of the times how domestic violence comes into play because then you get trapped in a relationship and you just feel like, you know... I have to do what this person says. Not right. that that was what's going on in your case, but sometimes that happens to women. Like they feel like, okay, this man is forcing me to come home. Right. And it starts right. with that. Like yeah. it's, it's like a leeway. Oh, yeah. Like this so, little yeah bit. They push you and push you and push you and push you until it gets to the point where they punch you in the face. And it was, right. the, yeah. it was, it was how it was so much of how they were dependent on me. Like, mm. you know, like I remember one time, like my grandfather had passed away and like, they were asking me to like, drive back to Baton Rouge like that from night home. like from the Are funeral and I'm serious? like dude I'm, I'm with my family you right. know what I'm saying so at that particular point I'm like you have like far more <laughs> issues than what I thought you had correct yeah. because you're unable to like see me um or like I I guess you're unable to like help me cope with whatever I'm coping with at that particular time because you're more focusing on your own you you focus on yourself and what your needs are. Right. So um yeah that was that was that was striking to me and I'm like I mean luckily it wasn't a situation where you know I was like deep in because I can only imagine to be in love with someone and them forcing you to like be this person that you're completely unable to like I don't I don't know I just yeah it was kind of difficult. Mhm. Car have you experienced anybody? I'm laughing because (laughs) I think I'm the person that Justin was describing and have been that person in relationships because of my own past experiences. I've been, and I haven't been to that extreme, like, you can't go nowhere and I ain't tired. Nah, you need to come home, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I haven't been to that extreme. But I do notice now that I have a lot of insecurities about, like, my my body and my standards of beauty when it comes to myself and my self self worth based on things like narratives that I was taught as a child 
Um, I was taught to be ashamed of my body for a long time because of, you know, the Christian values of covering yourself up and never letting men see you in a certain way. And, you know, my grandmother used to make me wear really, really big clothes and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I and I'm talking about this because I talked about this in therapy today, actually, um, how that, you know, she made me feel like it was a sin for me to allow men to look at me and and lust after me. So that was my like it was was my sin. It was my fault. Mm-hmm. So I had to always make sure that I covered myself up to prevent someone else from sinning. And so it was like all of these, all that whole narrative of me being ashamed of my body made me then not feel beautiful. And so then when I got into relationships, the only time I would really feel beautiful was when I was, when you were sexually attracted to me, which is completely unhealthy. And so if you weren't, trying to have sex with me then I didn't feel like you felt like you felt like I was beautiful so then mm. I would start an argument about um you know why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that mm. you know why aren't you texting me back why aren't you posting me on your social media why aren't you doing all of these things when they're really not doing anything wrong right and it's it's really just my own insecurity and I know that it's a mental health issue that I have to get over but it took me a really long time to get there I mean I'm almost 30 and mm-hmm. I've been having boyfriends since I was 17 so have you felt like you had to overcompensate for some of those things yeah for sure like I was um I mean, to be completely honest, I was I over-sexualized myself for a really long time in relationships and felt like it was okay to do a lot of sexual things to, you know, quote-unquote, please my man to make sure he wasn't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pressured to do a lot of those things because the people that I dated, like, fed off of that. Like, one guy, um, while I was studying to take the the, uh, the bar exam... He, we lit, like, literally, the Louisiana bar exam is a week long process. So it's a three day thing, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And like, you get days off. On a Tuesday night, he got mad at me and started a legitimate argument because I didn't want to have sex with him. Wow. Wow. Like, because my sex drive was low because I was stressed. Right. Mm-hmm. And he literally started an argument with me to the point where I didn't go to sleep until like one o'clock that morning. And I had an exam to go to that next day at 8 a.m. Like stuff like that. And I felt like I literally was calling my friends, asking them if I was crazy for not wanting to do it. And like it's like stuff like that where I think that he was feeding off of that insecurity of mine. And so then it made me feel like I was crazy. Mm. And so um, I forgot what your question was. (laughs) (laughs) Just the overcompensation. But yeah, so so my way of overcompensating was, you know, after that, I was just like, okay, well, since I haven't been having sex with you, let's like, you know, do it all day once I'm done, which is, I don't have to do that. Like, you're not my husband, you know, like, I'm not even, you're not even close to being my husband. And even if it is your husband, you still don't have to do that. I still don't have to do (laughs) that, you know? And so I did overcompensate for a long time. And so like now in my current relationship, I've had to teach my boyfriend how to spot me trying to overcompensate or how to notice when I'm, when those um, trick, like the things that he do, he does triggers those particular 
insecurities in me because it'll switch on and I'll just go off. And I like because it's a trigger for me. I don't I don't see it as it's happening. I right. I see it in right. you know in retrospect once I've said all of these crazy things and Hindsight. you know have like you know dug through his whole social media and uncovered crazy DMs that have nothing <laughs> to do with anything. But I have like you know, found the smallest thing to to focus on. Um, so I, I've had to to go to therapy for that and then teach my boyfriend how to notice those triggers and how to, like, deal with me when I'm in that particular space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, is the hardest part, is, is making sure that you have someone that loves you enough to be able to go through those things with you. Because today I literally sent him a text message about what I talked about with my therapist, about all of those things with my grandmother and how I felt about, um, you know, standards of beauty and, and my body and all of these issues and how sometimes I feel like he's not attracted to me if I'm not a certain size and it's not based on anything that he's ever said to me, it's all me. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he didn't like chastise me. He didn't do anything. All he said was, how can I help you? Oh gosh. That's and <laughs> That's I'm like going to cry <laughs> thinking about it, but it was, it was really powerful for me because like, you don't always have people that are that right. open and that, and that care about you that much to be able to have that. So anyway, um, Ooh, I just I did not think that was gonna happen. But <laughs> no, I mean, but I'm I have I I am I have been clinically diagnosed with depression. It's not serious depression. It's like you know, kind of the I don't know if there there are varying degrees, but I'm yeah. like on the depressive f- disorder. Yeah, on the small end. But um, I think um, I'm aware of it, and I am taking steps to get out of it. And so that I think is um, is my face red. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, <laughs> my face turns red when I cry. But no, I say that to say that I think um in if if you're a woman like me who has those sort of insecurities, like just acknowledge them and seek someone to talk to. And if you're not ready to talk to a therapist, talk to someone about them. Well, I do have a question. Like yeah. I know you mentioned that you are very open um with some of your sessions with your boyfriend. Um, do you feel that like I mean, is that healthy for the relationship or do you f- you only do it because you feel comfortable that he receives it well? Um I think like, it's a combination. Okay. I think some of the stuff I don't share with him and I don't talk about our relationship every time. Like okay. today specifically I did, mm. but then I literally got like down a rabbit hole, which I mean it was a necessary rabbit hole, but I got down a rabbit hole of why I felt those things. Okay. Sometimes it has nothing to do with him and he doesn't know everything I share with my therapist. So, but it, it there is a level level of comfortability between he and I where I feel like he doesn't judge me and he actually encourages me to go to therapy and he has been encouraging me for years to go. And so I think that's a part of it. Now, Mm -hmm. if you have somebody that you're in a relationship with and they chastise you for being who you are and they aren't understanding and open, then by all means, one, you probably don't need to be with them. Right. But if you are going to stay with them, then maybe that's something that you just need to keep to yourself until it gets to the point in the relationship where you're ready to share that. Cause I mean, if you've only been dating for two months, it's not the time right. to be sharing all of those things. But I mean, we're, we're, I think at the stage, like pre engagement stage, not that I'm like 
you know, I don't know when he's going to propose, but I think that Girl, we're at that Girl, you just stage. put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, I don't Do know when tomorrow. He is. I said it. <laughs> I don't know when he is. It's a ring. But <laughs> it's a ring. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, I think it, there you have to be at a certain level in your relationship to be able to have some of these conversations. Well, I only ask you that question because I just recently got, I, only, I just recently felt comfortable with letting people know my triggers because I know oh. it's important for people that I interact with on a daily basis yeah. or with my friends. It's, it's important for me to talk to them about, you know, some of my triggers so they can at least be mindful about it. Yeah. And that way... Um, you know, if we are ever presented in that opportunity, it's like we're both aware of like what's going on. So um, that was one of the reasons why I asked that, because I'm pretty sure it's helpful um, for him because right. it, it helps him understand you more. And then obviously for you, um, you definitely have that support system. But then, of course, um, I'm sure you take the extra mile like, hey, I know like Ben is probably studying for an exam. Yeah. So I'm not going <laughs> to unload with uh, unload on him like that. So. Yeah. That's why I just wanted to ask that question because yeah. I've literally just felt comfortable with doing that. No, and I think it definitely takes time, especially with friends for me. Like, it takes time to get to the point for me to be able to tell people, like, you know, I don't like playing like that. Or, you know, like, I think I've told you before, like, I think no, that I had me. asked you. <laughs> it was <laughs> you. I had, I, we were supposed to do something on, like, Halloween. And oh, he was like, no, nah, yeah, I don't want to go. Oh, yeah. And I, like, it really took it to heart. And it yeah. was not because I was mad at you. It was just because I, like, take, like, dependability seriously mm-hmm. based on my past experiences. But right. you didn't know that. So, like, when you were just like, I don't feel like going... I didn't, I mean, like, I took it seriously. You were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're, like, really mad at me. And I was like, well, (laughs) I mean, I'm not really mad. But, I mean, yeah. So, it's just, it it takes time to get to that And after that, that, I never flaked. Yeah. And you didn't. No, you didn't. And, yeah. So, it it just takes time. And, And Ben and I have been at this for a long time. Right. I think that, I mean... For me, I think I said this last week, like in a relationship, I feel like that's when I'm supposed to be vulnerable. That's when I'm supposed to be open. That's when I'm supposed to be able to share because you're the person that I'm confiding in. You're supposed to be, you know, my pillow talk. So that's who I want to talk to. I don't necessarily want to talk to everybody else, but I've experienced being in a relationship with others that do not want to talk to anybody. Like, and that has been my, you know, experience (laughs) as far as somebody, you know, dealing with mental health issues, not necessarily because I think people get it twisted. Like (laughs) if I have a diagnosis and just have mental health issues, there's a difference when you're just dealing with things emotionally that are affecting your current behavior versus actually going somewhere and being diagnosed with a mental health disorder. So I've, I've been in a relationship with someone that was just really dealing with, um, childhood demons. And I mean, like I'm talking about like, a horrible father, a neglectful mother, um, siblings that just were, you know, all over the place Mm -hmm. and could not communicate at all in the relationship and would not give any of themselves because of what they've been through. And that's rough. They, it's definitely rough. And they refuse to, um, like show you that they cared because of childhood they showed, you know, parents that they cared and like parents walked out of the door on them. Mm-hmm. And so they never wanted to feel rejection. So if I don't show you 
that I care, if I show you that I don't care or I don't show you, you know, the love that you need or the care that you want, mm-hmm. then I can never be hurt. Yeah. Basically was the attitude that they took. Oof. But that was with that's, everybody that's across like, the happens. board. That is heavy. And that's, Especially it's heavy. Especially in a relationship with them. Yeah. Jeez. Exactly. Can you imagine being in a relationship with somebody and basically having to take on that role of having them deal with whatever they've gone through you're their so therapist. that they can you're you become their therapist <laughs> yeah. and who i mean you don't want to be someone's therapist in a relationship obviously yeah. you want to support them you want yeah. to be there for them you want them to open up to you yeah but it's really hard to be the person that is pinpointing what you need to deal with yeah. you know like hey you might want to think about growing past x y and z it's tough and then it's also tough dealing with somebody like that because they have anger issues yeah so when that anger comes out they're unpredictable like you don't know if they're gonna walk out and never come back or if they're gonna walk back and who's gonna walk back in you know like it's it's just unpredictable of the person that you're gonna see every time that happens and they get angry and you know um I'm a firm believer of, you know, whoever angers you controls you. So don't let people anger you that much. You know, like you can get upset and you can be disappointed in people, but anger is a totally different thing. Yeah. And so it's really tough being in a relationship with somebody that has not dealt with their past, whether it be relationships and or their childhood and having to basically be the stronghold of the relationship like hold the whole relationship down um and it just was so overwhelming for me i just had to get out like you just at some point you're like i can't do this anymore like what what happens whenever you are in a relationship with that person that you just absolutely cannot help them i know so many people feel like they have to stay there but for me it's like that's my sign to like leave and I've left so many people behind because of that and I'm clearly not crying I'm just running out of breath (laughs) (laughs) was that was that shade at me no 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 not at all not at all no but I mean I'm just saying like but I do know that at some point like as an adult like we all have our own issues that we have to deal with I think for me I have to ask myself okay is this something that I can um, help or assist this person with working through because and that's that can where be, I was. it can begin to be toxic, you know? I, well, Very I, toxic. I was going to say, Michelle, like, I mean, here I am with my lists, but with, with certain people, like, in that situation, the absence of communication, obviously, I mean, you can never help somebody. So that, I think, but if, if they weren't able or willing to communicate with you and they had a lot of good traits... Would you have been willing to help them through those particular issues? I think that might be kind of the better question. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if if they were able to express themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. as as um a woman, one, um, I cannot for me be in a relationship and control everything. Yeah. I cannot be the sole communicator the sole, you know, person that's like 
resolving the problem resolving every issue yeah. that we have yeah. like women are emotional like i'm emotional myself like right i can't do it every time i need you sometimes you know if you feel that something's going on with me to ask me what's wrong are you okay and when you don't get that because you're with someone that has this wall built up Oof. it then begins to break you down yeah wow. so then your yeah. confidence your yeah. um you know self-love and all of that is taken apart because you're trying to hold it together for somebody else yeah that is not willing to break down that wall themselves yeah. they don't want to address their issues at all because it hurts it hurts when you go to therapy it hurts you to talk about the things that you've been through it does it i mean it doesn't feel does. good like we i think we said it last week sometimes yeah. you leave therapy and, and you're you, really heavy, heavy. Yes. Yeah. because you've talked about things that hurt you in the past and it's really hard to go through something with somebody and look at them and can see that they can be such a better person yeah. if they just dealt with what they had going on. Yeah. But when they refuse to do that, for me, I had for my own self-confidence, for my own self-love, for me to be Michelle again, I had to get out. Yeah. I had to understand that you cannot want something for somebody that does not want, want it, for it for themselves. themselves. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, I will pray for you. I hope that you go talk to somebody. I hope you deal with your issues. And maybe like Erica says in the next lifetime, <laughs> we can be together. Yeah. But now we cannot because you're yeah. breaking me down. Yeah. And I've already built myself up from the things that I went through. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. cannot, you cannot allow somebody to take you back to what you've already been through. Yeah. And so for that, in that situation, that's what I felt like I was going through. I was being taken back to my childhood and being brought back into a closed wall. I can't talk. I can't express myself. You're not going to express yourself. Like, I'm just having to resolve all the issues with myself. And that's, I will not yeah. go through that again. And that, for me, was like therapy in itself. Like, right. that, that was it. I can't do this again. Yeah. It, it was just self-talk. Like, Michelle, you're not doing this again. You're not going back to 8-year-old Michelle. You're not going back to 12-year-old Michelle. Like, you are going to get out of this. And I just had to go. And some people don't have the mental or emotional strength to do that, to leave. Right. Or not even just the mental or emo emotional strength. They don't have the resources to be up. Their lives have become so intertwined with that person mm. that they feel like they literally can't leave because they can't afford it. Absolutely. And so that... That's when a lot of issues come in where either abuse happens or, you know, you start neglecting that person or whatever. I mean, just it's that's uh, that has its own host of issues. But like to be able to be mentally aware and emotionally aware enough to leave, I think is huge. And that's where therapy comes in, to be honest. I mean, right. people that aren't mentally strong enough should be able to go talk to somebody about that. And, right. that, and that therapist or whoever that third party is should be like, you need to leave. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And even, like, before marriage, like, you have to understand your partner's behavior. You have to understand the person that you're with behavior, some of the things that they're going through. Because marriage may not, is will not solve the answer. They, no, will, they will it not, will not. They will not communicate better. <laughs> they will not, like, ask you how's your day more after the marriage. So, no. right. I mean, the whole idea of having a Things family, get don't, get me wrong, don't get me wrong, like, it's beautiful. But that is for that person that you can grow and build. Because you guys should be sharpening each other, right? Correct. Absolutely. Like, it should be a constant growth. It should be reciprocated. And unfortunately, I don't think people... 
I don't think I don't think people take a step back and realize that what am I getting myself into, right. especially with moving forward within relationships and even committed relationships as well. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I don't know. I know we talked about childhood demons, but it's it's obvious that you all have worked on yourself enough to know, you know, what can Cara put herself in, uh, what situations Cara can put herself in, and what situations Michelle can put herself in. Because without knowing that, then that person is, like, literally running your life. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to be self-aware for sure. You Most have definitely. to be self-aware. And it and it takes... I, I mean, that's why I'm such a huge advocate for therapy because some of the things that you're, like, dealing with, you don't know. Yeah. Like, you really don't be <laughs> yeah. knowing that that's what it comes from. You just be living life out here, being a savage, <laughs> and you be going through life and, like, making these really, really bad decisions over and over and over and over and over again. And you cycle. don't... Yeah, and you don't know why you're in the cycle. And your friends can't really tell you because they know you. Right. And so it's hard for them to be unbiased. It's hard for them to really tell you what the real deal is. And even if they do, you're going to get mad. So it's easier for some, you know, Susan or Connor <laughs> or Connor or whoever. <laughs> and, my, or and or Keisha. No, or Keisha. <laughs> or Jaquan. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. My therapist is actually Indian, I think. She's Middle Eastern. So, right. And it's actually perf. But, um, but yeah, like, I mean, you need a third party to be like, listen, you are really tripping or the stuff that you're saying is valid, but this part of it, you're tripping. Right. And to point those things out to you, because otherwise, like you really people really don't be knowing. So what are some issues? What is like a breaking point where you got to and you were like, look, I got to go to therapy like this is it. Like I, I have to go talk to somebody because this cannot keep happening. I... This is horrible, but I used to drink like two bottles of wine a day. Mm. Oh, okay. And I gained like 40 pounds. Okay. And I was like, no, nah, I don't even right. know who this person is. Like, who really? is this? Yeah. I was like, first of all, I would look in the mirror and be like, who is this fat chick? Because this ain't Cara. And secondly, I would be like, I do not drink like that. Like, I would literally drink two bottles of wine a day. And two. I would drink every single day. Wow. And my family even was just like, you all right? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then I started to not recognize myself. And that's yeah. when I knew, like, that was it. I had to go to therapy. Okay. Um, For me, it was more so internal. Like, I would um, question my decisions. I would doubt my character. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much, like, a really, like, happy-go-lucky. Like, I don't be around, like, negativity. I, I need to find the happiness. So for me, whenever I was, like, engaging into, uh, I was very argumentative, um, like, just internalizing um, who I was as a person in a negative way, um, that's when I was like, okay, this is, you know, I'm not this person of whatever I'm thinking I, who I am. I'm not this person or whatever people are perceiving of me. I'm not this person. So I know that it had something to do with me internally. So I had to get it out, honestly. And I'm still working on that. I, I mean, as we speak, I'm literally still working on working through that that process. Right. So for me, I mean, I mentioned this last week, um, basically in college, you know, I got tired of going back and forth with people. Um, based on comments that they made that made me feel insecure. So I felt like I needed to lash out at them so that people knew like, hey, yo, don't play with me. Yeah. But um, as an adult, it just became um, when I was in Atlanta, I was just feeling like I was always alone. Mm. 
Mm. And I was like, I'm around people all the time. Mm. Why do I always feel alone? Like, why do I always feel like there's nobody here for me? When people would call me, text me, whatever, but I just felt like I was by myself. So I was like, you know what? I probably need to go talk to somebody because there's obviously something I'm searching for that I'm not getting. And it may not be something that other people can give me. Maybe yeah. something right. that I'm missing within myself. Yeah. So for me, that was when I knew I needed to go talk to somebody. But I hesitated the second time for whatever reason. Um, and I think it has something to do with, you know, kind of like our community. Even yeah. though I had got my degree in psychology and um, I was working on my master's and, and was about to become a therapist, I just, for some reason, hesitated to go back to therapy. Wow. Wow. Um, and I, I think it's sometimes, like, in our community, like, we put that stigma on therapy, like, you crazy? <laughs> right. You got to go talk to somebody? What's wrong with you? Right. Why do we do that? Um... I think it has a lot to do with our ignorance to the field. Um, and, yeah. you know, like in terms of um, like um, how we can pay for it. I know y'all mentioned the um, employee assistance program. Yeah. program. I know that was it for me. Like I thought, you know, these sessions <laughs> was, I mean, yeah, I thought I wouldn't be able to afford the sessions. Right. Um, and then the second thing that I think of it is the, um, the religious aspect of it, you know, like, you mm. know, God is our Lord and Savior. He can, like, you know, turn nothing into something. And I completely get that. Um, but um, I think in combination with with prayer and in combination of therapy, I think it can help you currently, if that makes sense. Like, help you get through that emotion that you feel right now. Not saying that, you know, the Lord can't. But I'm just saying I think yeah. – um, we were taught to turn to our religion, mm -hmm. uh, religious upbringing um, to get us back to our, um, what's the word I'm trying to use? Um, our medium. Contentment. Contentment mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, so I think it's a combination of that and just ignorance, pure pure ignorance of the, the whole therapy world and what it can do for us and how we can go about, you know, seeking out a therapist, period. I, when it comes I, to religion, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. When it comes to religion, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, my, I guess, response to that always when I talk to people that are very religious and they'll say, like, God will get me through it. Absolutely, he will. Um, but just like... <laughs> Absolutely, he will. <laughs> he will. <laughs> just like he designed uh, the medical field because in, in my um, world, I believe God... Um, is the orchestrator of all science. So just like he got those doctors, MDs through medical school, he got the psychologists and the psychiatrists through yes. med school and through their doctorate degree mm -hmm. and the social workers through their master's degree and the counselors through their, their master's degree. So he put in the tools in place mm -hmm. for Most you to yes. deal with those issues. Mm -hmm. Just like you go to... The doctor for your sugar, diabetes. <laughs> and you still drink Coke. <laughs> 40 grams <laughs> of sugar. Still, got cholesterol and still being real. Correct. No, you need to set it down. Hypertension <laughs> with all the seasoning salt. The lorries. 
Tony Satchery. Ankles be swollen. The curves. <laughs> Correct. But I'm just like, he put those tools in place. So I, I just really feel like when people say that, like, bruh, chill with that. Because if now. God built <laughs> doctors, MDs, then that means you can go see the other professionals that are in place for mental health issues as well. Right. I completely agree. I completely agree with both of you. I think another aspect of that, and I think you mentioned this last week, Michelle, what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. Black people always think somebody trying to be in their business (laughs) and they really don't be wanting people to know what's going on in in people's households one because they know it'd be wrong and they don't want their kids to tell nobody right but two because i think that's just what's been ingrained in the black household because whenever we were able as a people to get our own stuff it was like we're trying to preserve that Mm. and we're trying to to tuck it away to, for it to be sacred against, you know, the white man. And so I think, although it had good intentions, it has created this um, this silence about very important issues. Not only mental il- issues, but domestic abuse issues. Absolutely. Child abuse issues, sexual abuse issues. Mm. You have rapes occurring. You have people being molested as children from people that are in their household. And people know about this stuff. And don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. And they know. And then these kids grow up and they are jacked <laughs> from, funny, from, no, it's not it's funny, really. but it's, I mean, but it's, it's true. <laughs> these kids are these people. And I'm one of those people. I'm jacked up. And I know multiple people that have been in, in, in situations and have reached out to me that are jacked up. And these family members and these adults you're supposed to be the caregivers of these children. You're yeah. supposed to protect them. Right. Yeah. And instead of protecting them, you're protecting yourself and the people that are doing wrong things to these children oh, for gosh. the sake of what stays in this house, what happens in this house stays, stays in, in this, this house. house. Yeah. And I am, when I tell you my children, like I, I'm not pregnant, but <laughs> whenever I have children, like I want to cultivate a space where they always feel comfortable enough to come to me with anything. Yeah. Now, I may not want to hear some of the stuff that they're going to say because it's probably going to be like, mom, I want to have sex. But at the same time, I'd rather them tell me everything than to not feel comfortable to come to me if something serious happens. Because mm. I never felt comfortable going to my grandmother, mm-hmm. telling her anything that happened to me. Because what she would do is turn that around on me and act like it was me that did something wrong. Mm. And so, and I know that that's how, I mean, I know I'm not the only person in that. No, absolutely yeah. you know, not. And, and that's, I think, I think it's religious reasons. And I also just think it's about privacy. This, this faux privacy that they want to create to to freaking shield all the bull crap that they want to do but it's at the cost of another person's life right like, and they don't know, see it yeah, man <laughs> they don't see it because they're miserable because their parents it's been perpetuated yeah. that's why i you know always say a child is a blessing but are you a blessing to that child because yeah. you can mm. be a parent or you can be you know like a, a provider for a child's life but are you going to bless them the way they need to be blessed and bring them through this world healthy um and not just physically mental health is very important and people don't understand that and when you're molding a child and they're so impressionable um and you're putting them in situations they don't know how to deal with those things so those behaviors come out negatively to other people yeah but really like you said earlier justin they are 
reacting at school based on what's going on in their home. Mm-hmm. So those behaviors are coming out because they're really asking for help. Right. Like this yeah. is yeah. what's going no. on with me, but they can't verbally say it because they were told don't go to that school and tell them people nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? are, are, are unable to identify why exactly they feel, why they feel that way. Cause they, feel they don't know. They, Cause they don't know. Exactly. They that don't. was probably most of my problems growing up as a kid and definitely uh, react acting out is because I couldn't identify like what was going on like exactly. inside of me. Like, do I feel angry or do I feel mad? Yeah. Or do I just, you know, you know what I'm saying. I couldn't identify with that, so I was just outcha. And but they're, I mean, they're children, yeah. you know. And some of some adults still cannot identify whether they're sad, angry, mad, insecure. Correct. Like they, they don't know. And so... It's not funny. But it's, it's, it's not, not funny. It's not funny. But, <laughs> but right, most people express every emotion as anger. No lie. I wish that last relationship I was in that I had to deal with somebody with those mental health issues. I wish I could have given them like the the... Signs <laughs> of the smiley faces and mad faces one through with ten. the emotions. Which no, one? Which one are you? Bad. It was. I mean, like, bruh. Point. <laughs> Just point to it because I know you can't express it. It's funny, but it's not funny. It's, it's um, funny, but it's not funny. But, but I mean, that's what happens to black. That's what we do to each other. Like yeah. we make it seem like you cannot express yourself, and then men, oh. men feel like they cannot open up. They Jeez. cannot be. Um, vulnerable. They cannot show that they have emotions. They cannot say that I'm sad, like I'm depressed. I don't know what's going on. They feel like they always have to have an answer. And like you said, Carl, most yeah. of the time, that response or that answer to the emotion is anger. Yeah, I'm, Listen, I'm mad. Growing up, I know that like my dad did not raise me. However, I knew my dad, and we had a lot of time together. Like my mom and my dad provided me that space for me to like. Show, for them to show me like love and affection mm-hmm. and for me to like express my love for them and I had a cousin who it was the complete opposite it was almost as if the mother wanted the father to raise the child but the father wasn't doing a good job with allowing the kid to express himself or even show him that love mm. and unfortunately my cousin is unable to like express himself mm-hmm. and it's like yeah the daddy raised him but the bitch can't Years love later. he can't you know not calling him a b but i'm just saying like yeah. you can't you can't <laughs> yeah. you have to hold up the sign like are you happy or are you sad <laughs> Which face and, yeah describes how you feel and a, yeah. a, a, a young boy being in tune with his his emotions is not weak it's that's, not. That that's, man. Yeah. That man knows how he's feeling at that particular time, and because he knows how he's feeling at that particular time, he can make a conscious decision for what is best for him. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Because most of like black African men, Afri- African American men issues is because of displaced anger, displaced feelings and emotions. They cannot that even they express as anger. And then whenever they feel an ounce of weakness, like I'm hurt, then oh, I'm a man. Like I can't, bro. Like chill out. It's right. not that deep. It's, it's, not, that it's deep. not that deep. It's really not that deep. You know what I'm saying? And for and like and for single parents, I, and I I love I, I I honor and I appreciate single mothers and you know women. Period. But the idea of oh well, you know I'm gonna let his daddy raise him. No, like he the the male needs both mom and dad to be able to decipher because I mean most men, well the men that I've I was raised by, they just they were very hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know, and just one way. And I understand why they are that way because it's just been passed down for so long. Well, that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, like 
we wait until that uncle that we always said was crazy gets to a psychotic point. Yeah. Right. Where he's delusional and all that stuff. And then you be like, Oh, y'all know Uncle Johnny, he need help. He he go he go yeah. take them pills. Uncle Johnny needed help a long, long time, time ago. ago. Right. When when y'all were trying slide. to make him be yep. so strong and right. hold in all his emotions and all those things and he could not express himself right. and be open about how he felt because if he did then he was weak. Right. Or, you know, like, what you crying for? You know, like, they do... I, I hate to see people I do boys like that. What you crying for? Because they hurt. Because right. he's a human being, being. at the he end of the day. He's not a robot. He's not a robot. Right, like, he fell and his knee skinned. Let that boy cry. Let him cry. Like, I life is... That. You do not have to be that tough. I, I do think you need to be tough to a certain extent because life is life it's going to happen it's going to be ups and downs however you do not have to be that tough that you cannot feel feelings wow that's people need to understand that right. and it is okay for you to feel however you feel your feelings are valid because they are yours your, and they yep. belong to you yeah <laughs> I'm waving in the air right now. Sorry, that just spoke a word. That just spoke a word. No, I didn't is. mean but to go no. all hard like no, that. No, no, I think that was perfect. No, and that's I, a good way to... And I think it's okay for you to take that time out to understand who you are as an individual. Mm -hmm. Because if you do not understand who you are as an individual, you can't raise no damn baby. You mm -hmm. can't raise no child. You can't raise no man or no woman like can't Kay Michelle. Right. <laughs> and you definitely can't be in a relationship. So give no, yourself right. that time to get to know yourself. Work through all of your childhood demons, your adult demons. Like work through all that so you can live a um, successful life. Absolutely. Emotionally. Healthy. A yes. healthy life. And Same that way you can teach people how to treat you. Because once you know how people do, once you know that, can't nobody put you in an uncomfortable place. Absolutely. For sure. And, you, and, and I'm going to say this. I'll say it a million times. Go to therapy yes i don't give a darn <laughs> if it's your preacher pastor <laughs> i don't give a darn if it's susan if it's through your employee assistance program if it's through your insurance if it's through obamacare if it's through <laughs> the new trump care if it's through um any sort of social services online they have online, online therapy now yeah. freaking tarot card reader talk <laughs> to somebody <laughs> i ain't for the tarot <laughs> talk <laughs> to somebody because when i tell you that was the only way that I was able to get out of my depression, that I am getting out of my depression. I would not be lying to you. Like, I needed their therapy has saved my, my life. life. And Absolutely. I'm not even wow. kidding. I'm not even kidding. And just like, don't worry about what your mama say because you're going to talk to your mama. If she old, she's going to be like, <laughs> you know, take it to the Lord. No, <laughs> take it to Jesus for sure. Pray. Yeah. But also, once you get done praying, pick up your purse and take <laughs> it right to on down to the therapist's office. Car and freaking pray in there, too, if you need to. So, right. <laughs> obviously, you know that is one of your self-care routines or one of your coping yes. skills. What are some other things? Like, now that we know, we've gone through things, we've identified our childhood issues, we've identified some things that we've gone through in the past. Obviously, all three of us have been in therapy what are some coping skills that you have or some self-care routines that you go through that you want to share with people that maybe they can pick up on to help them through these mental health issues that we go through and emotions? I, um, whenever I'm feeling like really, really, really stressed, 
I take a bubble bath. And that's really, really simple. Mm. I love bubble bath. But I do take, like when I was studying for the bar, I took a bubble bath every single day. You put lavender in there? I put all kind of stuff, girl. salts and lavender essential oils? If I don't have nothing, I put shampoo in that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, herbal essences in that bit, and it be smelling good. Absolutely. But I definitely bubble bath, and I also get massages. Massage Envy is stupid cheap. It'd be like $30 for a massage. And if you can't afford that, then get your old man or your old lady to give you one. Yeah. Or go to the massage therapy schools and they'll do it for $15. Yep, there you go. <laughs> um, And another thing, too, is, I, I mean, I'm a reader, though. So I like, yeah. I, I read self-help books or like uh, inspirational books or prayer books. I read and like take personal time for just Cara. That's nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, for me, um, some of the things that I, you know, cope with are my, my coping practices is, um, I do Bikram yoga. I know it's, 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 the hot yoga, right? Yeah, the hot yoga, yeah. Yeah, Um, it, it, it really helps me center, I think, the hard positions, like, if you have a really great yoga instructor, um, you know, they will tell you to, um, do the position the best that you can, but mentally ask your body to, um, go further than what your body said you can, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's aligning your mind with your body, which is really, really extremely mm-hmm. good. And then you're like sweating like crazy. So it's also detoxifying your body as well. So I absolutely love Bikram yoga, which I need to get really get back into. Um, and then another thing I do, which I highly recommend is journaling. Um, I've always yes. um, journaled even back, to when I was like a kid. Um, and most of my uh, journals becomes like prayers, you know, like I'm like literally writing out what I don't like, writing out what I want. And then I'm asking whomever I believe in or whomever you may believe in to help you get through this process. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes when I go back and think, when I read um, some of my previous journal entries like I can see like how I and God has helped me move pretty much in a better direction Mm -hmm. I can see my growth Um, and it's really good because sometimes whenever you're going through like issues sometimes you need to remind yourself of some of the things that you've overcame in the past to um to help you identify with the strength that that is within Absolutely. um so i definitely love my journaling um i'm probably never going to get rid of it if somebody find it oh well but in terms <laughs> of you know in terms of in terms of it helping me out emotionally it gets me where i need to be because i'm like hey i'm a work in progress and i've seen the progress that i have intentionally put out for myself mm, that's very nice. nice what about I you show that. yeah what about you um, so my number one is music. Ah. Um, I love like an Erica Badu. Come on, Erica. Yeah. I love Erica. Can I get um, I know a lot of people feel some type of way about her. Alicia Keys, um, the the <laughs> the <laughs> album Diary of Alicia Keys really was a good album. Is for that me. the first one? No, that that was her second, second album. One. Okay. Yeah. Um but like 90s music, just listening to music that puts me in a good place and that will help me think. Um, I like to listen to Kendrick Lamar. Um, that will take me out of my current emotion or the current issue mm-hmm. and allow me to just think about things and gain clarity. Mm-hmm. So music, and then I also journal. 
um, I've been journaling, like you said, Justin, back in the day. I have <laughs> a, um, a scrapbook with some of my journals from when I was in middle school. Oh you got to bring God. it one day. You have to bring it I one day. I will have to Please show it to it y'all. I, so I was crazy Cajun. <laughs> I'm from Dallas, but my mom's family is from um, Louisiana. Louisiana. And so... I just really wanted to be from Louisiana back in the day. So I called myself Crazy Cajun and I would basically <laughs> write to myself. And, really? um, Dear Crazy Cajun. Right. <laughs> uh, girl, Levi what were you Jeans. doing today? Yeah, but That's I so loved funny. it um, back then. And so now journaling with a nice glass of red wine is like my thing. Like lights <laughs> out, just a nice dim candle yeah. and journal. Put myself in a place um, where I'm not focused on anything else but my thoughts. Yeah. So that's really it for me. And then I like to get out with my friends, like getting out with my people, having a good time, not focusing on the bad, being very positive, being yeah. around people with positive energy, um, things like that. That's what helps me get through these days i'll be journaling too i forgot about that i'm actually writing in my journal now <laughs> oh, right while we doing this podcast yeah. okay I, I actually do journal i forgot about that but yeah so yeah. listen y'all for our millennial moment we got this wonderful um email um i'm not gonna like disclose their information or anything but it's it's just a letter to us um and i when i read it i was like that's pretty dope it was funny and it gave me hope mm -hmm. so here it goes. It says, um, hey, Justin, Carr, and Mish, I'm not a millennial, but I absolutely love your show. I'm listening to episode five. Justin and Mish are talking about student loans and the unachievable path to repay those loans. It is horrible to owe Sally Mae Navient slash Navient. My monthly payment was $238 per month. My balance was $36,000. Only $20 of my payment was going to the principal. $218 was going to interest. Highway damn robbery, right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was no way I was ever going to pay this invincible money back. I had to devise a plan. At the time, I was 27 years old. I had purchased a home. When I filed my taxes, I would get back between 5000 to 6000 When I sold that, when I sold that house, my refunds were now less than half of what they used to be. Anyway, I saved my income tax refunds. I opened, I opened an online bank account because the interest rates is higher than the big banks. I, had to still, I still had to pay the monthly payment to Naviet. When I had enough saved to fully dissolve my student loans, I called Naviet and said, the gag is, I got your motherfucking money, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it, took, it took a little longer than eight years, but I did it. I am a student loan debt free. I am student loan debt free. The moment I paid the debt, a weight was lifted. When I received the congratulations, your loans have been paid letter from Naviet, it felt surreal. Mm. I had to find that I had to find that Sally Mae back song on YouTube and sip some hen. <laughs> I need to find that song because I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I'm sure it's saying I gotta pay Sally Mae back. To, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I said all that to say if you set a goal to pay off your student loans, you can and will pay them off. Paying the monthly amount will not do it. You have to pay more if you really want to knock the debt down. It can be done. You can do this. Good luck to you all. Keep up the great podcast. 
wasn't that amazing, that y'all? Was really wow. amazing. Like that's really we were nice. definitely I was deaf. I'm gonna speak for myself. I was definitely in the slums just thinking about how I'm gonna pay off Sally Mae <laughs> with a little bit of hope. But just to just for someone who isn't a millennial who has achieved this goal um to pour into us, take the time out to write into us. Obviously, yeah. for us to share to whomever is listening yeah. gives us hope and whomever is listening hope as well. Yeah, so just like hope. they said, devise a plan. It may not be what you may want to pay off, but d- d- devise a plan and make it happen. Let me tell you, it gave me hope. It gave me hope too. Before I came in here tonight, Navian sent me an email. <laughs> right. Child, don't they love to send you the email? Hey, Quit sending me listen, your bill. Email. This is not a bill. Well, then don't send don't it send to the email. email. Listen, I don't even open it up anymore. I'm like, <laughs> when I pay you, I pay you. You know what else I liked about that email? And this is like, I mean, it's not fully on topic, but the fact that they're not a millennial and they're listening to us and they have they like us enough to send us a message. Like, right. I think that's yeah. so powerful. That's yeah. really dope. You know what I mean? Like, it's so powerful that pe- people really be listening to us. Oh, y'all. gosh. I don't know why. <laughs> but for this, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why. No, but that's good. I think, you know, I think it's great. And I'm happy that we received the email. I mean, I was going to yeah. I was gonna pick a funny relationship question, but I'm like, nah, we need to put this out. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. Thanks for sharing that. So Seriously. get your money in order. You feel me? Let me tell you, like they called and said the gag is. I don't know what I'm gonna call and say, but I'm gonna say something. No, I'm saying this. The gag is. I got your motherfucking coin. Bitch. I'm gonna call like Smokey did on Friday. Listen, I guess. No, don't. you listen. No, you listen to me. Wait a goddamn minute. I got your motherfucking money. No, I'm just playing. That's great. But thank you so much for uh, writing in. Hey, and of course. If you um, have anything to say about our podcast, if you want to add anything, please um, write under our SoundCloud. Or obviously, you can write into us at millenniallove at gmail.com. That's millennialov 3 at gmail.com. Of course, we have our Kickstarter still going. So if you want to contribute to that, of course, please uh, go on Kickstarter and help us out because, you know, we're still trying to grow and expand. Um, and go check out Audible, y'all. Audible is yeah. dope. Yeah, Audible mean, is dope. Michelle, I can't wait to hear your um, success with it because yeah. it's bomb. I just don't know what book I want to read yet. Ooh, that's fun. That's the fun part. Yeah. Don't you think, Car? That's yeah. the fun point. Yeah. Like There's finding that book, there. right? Yeah. So I'm excited. Well, thank you guys for listening this week. We are deep again, right up in our feelings. Uh, but course. we want y'all to cry with us, or with me, rather, because <laughs> ain't nobody else crying with me. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, that's good, girl. Um, and y'all have a good I week. can't see them coming down my eyes, but I got to this song cry. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Bye. I can't see them coming down my eyes, so I got to make the song cry. I can't see them coming down my eyes, so I got to make the song cry. The National Alliance on Mental Illness has a current series of Hope Starts With You. If you are currently experiencing mental health issues, please believe you are stigma-free and join the estimated 59 million people in the United States receiving therapeutic services. For help and guidance, or if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, please call one 800 273-8255 for assistance now.